It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What up? This is Myron and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard of Mariners podcast. The alternative underground back alley underbelly down on the docks other side of the track speak easy dive bar style podcast of and about the seattle mariners that you're listening to here on the odyssey app through odyssey sports or wherever else you're getting your podcast action from it doesn't matter what platform you're getting it from we're down with that just remember to like subscribe follow hit those notifications on youtube that really helps us out like you don't even understand it it really does the downloads are great but it is also great to have uh, this community growing, and we're really appreciated, appreciative of it um, here at the Rye Bread Mustard a Mariners podcast. Also, if you like the gear, you can get it at, at simply.cora. That's at simply.cora on Instagram. Or if you want to email us, give us something strongly worded, hit us at ryebreadandmustardpodcast at gmail.com. I think that is all the house cleaning we, we got to do, Hanno. Uh, we're back. Uh, we got a series starting today in Anaheim. We get to see maybe the next big Mariner acquisition for next year. Uh, we'll, we'll save that for another episode. But yes, we are taking on Shohei Atani and the Anaheim Angels down here in, in my neck of the woods down here in SoCal. But first, we got to talk about what happened in San Diego before we get there, don't we? Yeah, quick two-game series. Uh, you were down there for game two of the series. Uh, how'd it go down there for you? Well, uh, not as planned. Uh, you know, didn't make it down to the first game, which seemed to be the really fun game uh, uh seemed like the mariners were back to who they were we'll get to that in a second uh the next game you know uh you know before we could even revel into that and soak it in we already played another game that you know didn't turn out so well uh we'll get to that as far as my trip down there everything was good smooth sailing uh my only note to any mariners fan or anybody commuting to a San Diego Padres game is get there early. It's it's I'm usually down there early. I'm usually staying at a hotel. Uh, not this time. I was driving from Los Angeles that morning. Just awful, awful, awful parking. Um, just I, I would I would say if you if you get there late, just be ready to walk. It's very similar to Seattle. The only thing about Seattle, you could still find a $70 parking spot close in San Diego. I mean, they got more construction than uh, downtown than uh, per 
Kappa. I know it's not as big as Seattle, but man, a uh, tough time, you know, getting to that game. Got in there about the second inning in that of that game, and uh, sorry, the top of the third, and then it just all kind of went downhill from there, you know. And uh, my spirit was broken. It seemed like a lot of Mariners' spirits were broken. Last year was a, just an amazing, amazing time down at uh, down at uh, uh, Petco Park. Of course, last time I was down there, we were in the midst of that 14-game winning streak we're always talking about. I, I couldn't even. I didn't even want to stay down there. I just had to go over to Spaghetti Factory and just kind of eat my emotions and drive home and think about it. And I know we were going to record last night, but I, I was bushed. But uh, that that's how it went. Yeah, I mean, that was a game in which uh, the Mariners in their last five, eight losses um, have given up 10 or more runs. So, yeah, that was a tough game to go to. Yeah, it was. But uh Let's start a little bit positive. The people over here where I'm at at a, at a Chick-fil-A uh, nodded at me about the, the positivity uh, a line coming out of my mouth. Let's, let's start positive. Let's go back really quickly. Uh, game one of this series, obviously coming off just a terrible, terrible series, a bad week altogether. But, of course, getting swept and not even swept, a non-competitive sweep down in uh, Arlington. They come into town and, you know, for my money's worth, this is the Mariners team that we recognize. Oh, yeah, absolutely. From last year. And that's absolutely the way that the Mariners envisioned this team to play and what they how they want to play. You know, great starting pitching, some timely hits, uh, add on baseball, you know, with men scoring position and a couple bombs and then give it into your uh, lockdown horses which we haven't had all year with Andres Munoz being out. And that's been a big problem as I've seen it throughout the year, you know, with actually having that lockdown guy. Uh, it was really nice to see Andres Munoz get in there and lock it down and Seawald save it. So, yeah, great pitching from Logan. Uh, really came back, attacked the zone. Um, yeah, it was it was a spectacular game and maybe one of the one of, if not the best game that the Mariners have played this year. It was definitely recognizable. That was like, that's the Mariners team that we remember. You're right. It, you know, get a little something on the board, run the pitch count up, get the starter out of there, drop a couple bombs. You hit a back-breaking uh, home run in the eighth inning, you know, followed up by sending out our fire-breathing dragon that is back. That is Andres Munoz. It, you know, to – I don't – to equate it to, you know, it kind of reminded me of a football game of like, hey, it's nice and tight, and the Seahawks go out there and they get that big, uh, that big turnover, and uh, you know we score the ball, uh, you know, on a short field, and then we go back out and we stuff them three and out. That's kind of how that game felt to me, um, and we needed a game like that after what had happened in the last week. Man, I was feeling good. And, uh, you know, it's always great when you see, like, you know, Teo and Julio hit home runs. You know, those are the guys that are really supposed to be providing the power along with Suarez on this team. That's your front-end power right there. We, we, we saw that. Um, you know, and again, it, it was a really good feeling. And then just a few short hours later in this quick two-game series, we're back in the game too, you know, but anything else you want to add about uh game one here? Yeah. I mean, 
the Mariners did not run themselves out of innings um, with bad base running. They made the plays. They didn't give the other team, you know, extra outs. Um, you know, this is how they have to play air free and smart baseball. Um, they're not consistent right now, not playing as well. And they have to play flawlessly pitching and hitting and defense, everything. And that's the way you keep doing that and building upon that. You hope to get, you know, a, a streak going against good teams who you're playing against. You know, you've played in the last few series against winning teams. The Padres have had a down year compared to what they've wanted. But, yeah, that's winning baseball. And like you said, going into the next game, you're like, yeah, that's that's something to build on. And, you know, it's just been a bugaboo with the Mariners. If they get down early and if the pitching's not sharp um, like it was in that second game, you know, George Kirby seemed to have his fastball. He was locating that well. To me, it looked like his off-speed pitches were the ones that were getting hit quite a bit. I mean, he was already giving up five or 12 hits um, in four innings when he was out there in the fifth with uh, – or no, he wasn't out there then, or maybe they took him out. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But anyway, um, yeah, they had quite a few hits. They were hitting them good. So my point was you get down early, this team has a lot of trouble with a, being able to chip away and get back in games. Yeah. Um, I, another thing that I agree with all that. Uh, I agree when, you know, we get down four or five runs and we'll get into game two. You know, you, you see yourself down four runs, five, you know, four runs and you have the infield in and then that single comes and it's like you're kind of like checkmate, you know, and I we obviously don't like that feeling. That's not how this team was built. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but uh, yeah, Logan Gilbert, though, let's just talk about that really quickly in that game. What an awesome start. Um you know, he, he goes out there, he pitches, what, seven innings in this game? Uh, and uh, look, um, I don't, maybe people go, it's crazy. It has nothing to do with it. Look, he's got that facial hair going again. Uh, a little bit different look last year for Walter, um, uh, right? Last year we had we had the goatee. This year we kind of got the uh, gentleman or the uh, villain cowboy's uh, uh, mustache going on. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm one of you mentioned that uh, some people notice that stuff and it's a big deal to them. Yeah, I'm one of those that notices it, but it's not a big deal to me. You know, I'm more personally involved in how he pitched and he pitched great. He attacked the zone. He was fiery. He knew he was getting down to his last few last, you know, few at batters. He was getting up to 100 pitches there in the seventh inning and he really went after him. That's what you want in your young starting pitcher. You've seen that through from him throughout his career. And he was he was looking like the player that we all think he could be. He was, he was flat out dominant and attacked a very good aggressive team. As we saw in the next game, how aggressive they were. Yeah. I just think when he has that kind of stuff going on and he's really like sitting in and uh, laying in this Walter character, that's when he pitches the best when he's got that edge. Yeah. I'm all for, you know, guys changing up their, you know, high socks, low socks, cleats, batting gloves. I get that. Uh, it was brought up to me uh, listening to Ryan Divish on 710 yesterday that um, Scott Service is all about routine and preparation. So he just wants the guys and his belief is the guys prepare hard every day the same way. And even if you don't get the results, they will eventually come. So that's kind of, you know, the inside of what the Mariners are teaching these guys and asking these guys to do 
and they did this last year and, is, and, and was successful. So the Mariners continue to grind, work on their game, go through their infield practice, work on their hitting, but they're just not getting the results right now. No, and uh, it seemed like they were getting the results there in game one. Let's get into game two really quick. We, we're not going to ignore it. Uh, awful game. Uh, tough, tough, tough outing for Kirby, especially coming off of what he just p- did against the Yankees. I've heard a little bit of the sound bites on Kirby on his thoughts. He said there wasn't a bat that he figured was maybe the bat that changed everything for him. What did you see in Kirby? Let's break that uh, pitching performance down. Yeah, he um, he was – I thought his fastball was good. That was his best pitch of the night. Um, he seemed to have more success at that. Yeah, he gave up a ton of hits, and they were hard, and they seemed to be more on his off-speed stuff. Uh, so he wasn't really fooling anybody with that stuff, and that's the stuff that to me looked like was getting hit the hardest – uh, he gave up uh, quite a few hits, you know, um, big home run early on from Gary Sanchez. Uh, he, his last couple starts, he's gotten roughed up. Am I concerned about George? No, not really. I think he's a true professional with great stuff. Um, it's, I mean, that ball that, that Sanchez hit, it was in the upper, you know, outside high corner, right on the edge. And Gary just got it. He timed it up and went after it. It wasn't one of these middle-middle pitches that we've seen from some Mariner pitchers lately. Um, it was a pitcher's pitch, and Gary, you know, hit it. It happened. So um, I'm not concerned with George uh, at this moment, personally. What are your thoughts on him? No, I neither am I. And I think it just turned into one of these weird things where, you know, especially in the third and the fourth inning, he just could not get that third out. You know, it seemed like he'd start off the innings all right. It wasn't like he was walking guys. He doesn't walk guys, getting guys on. That third out, I mean, it was base hit, base hit, base hit, base hit, home run, you know, in the third. And then it doesn't really help, you know, when your uh, offense goes in there after you've been out there laboring. Uh, the same way uh, in football, uh, you know, your defense makes these big – you know, stops and, you know, bends, but doesn't break too much. And then, uh, you know, the offense goes out there and does a three and out, you know, after that third inning, you know, you had the Mariners go out there and you saw two pop-ups in foul grounds and then a backwards K and then he's right back out there. And then in the fourth, they get right to him. I mean, uh, you know, in that inning. So, I mean, it was, and then again, you had these two big shutout innings, or what is it, close out or shut down? What's the term they use here for baseball? It's slipping my mind, but they score these big innings and then you don't have anything to chip away, you know, get the starters uh, pitch count up like you did the day before. It just, it doesn't help out the pitcher whatsoever. No, and I got to imagine that the Mariners, um, you know, the way the season's gone, felt demoralized after um, getting down early and by how many they were down, they, they are not an offense that's clicking. They've got guys that are struggling that aren't playing up to their baseball cards. That's no big rocket science news to anybody that's been watching. It's it's just the way it's been this year. And um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm sure when they got down, they were like, here we go again. Yeah, yeah. And at one point, you know, when it mattered in the game, uh, when we were texting, I, I happened to be a lot of scoreboard looking uh, yesterday, a lot of scoreboard watching, uh, and 
other things because the the game was not entertaining whatsoever. I was pondering why I drove down there uh, <laughs> on a couple occasions. Uh, but at one point, I think they had 14 hits and we had one hit. I mean, we ended up getting three hits. We got those in the eighth inning when it was already, you know, 10 to nothing. Where And Juan Soto had five. He had five hits. Yeah. Juan Soto, uh, you know, the last two times and the only two times I've seen Juan Soto in person, he's had five for five. And then the only other time I've seen him, so he had the five for five yesterday, is in the home run derby. So I've only seen this guy in person win a home run derby and go five for five. I'm, I'm pretty impressed as far as what I see when I see him in person. Yeah. And, you know, um, we, we can talk about Juan Soto, the difference between who we faced in the Padres and the Mariners and their um, how much money each team uh, spends on payroll. It's quite a bit different, but they have around the same record. Um, the Padres, I believe, are under 500 by a couple games. I haven't looked closely enough, but um, yeah. So two clubs that are had both a lot of high expectations and both fan bases are frustrated with how the season has started for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I, we were talking, like if the Padres, if, if you go down there and you catch them where they're, you know, they've been inconsistent like the Mariners, but if you catch them on a day where everything's clicking, that lineup is, is insane. Uh, I saw them in person. So I take this back. I did see Juan Soto in person at the Dodgers game. So two out of the three games, he's, he's been like that. Uh, but he also hit a home run in that game when I was there. So this guy's impressed me in, in person, but um, uh, you know, if, when this team is clicking like that, it, it's it's a scary looking team. It's it's a it's a pretty much an all star uh, lineup, you know, uh, you know, pretty much through that whole entire lineup. And but I do want to say, like, yeah, the fan base is a, is a little frustrated. I'm sure the night before they were really distraught when when they could only, you know, muster up one run, um, despite. Logan just being on. Uh, I know at one point I looked over and I we know we know uh, Suarez only has six home runs to his name. Well, Manny Machado's only had five. If you were to tell me, you know, at the beginning of June between Manny Machado and Suarez, uh, each team's respected third baseman that they'd have a total of eleven home runs together, and I said you were crazy, or somebody had a massive injury. Yeah, it's great stat. I mean, you're right. You you would not expect that from those two big time players, and or I would say Machado's a superstar, but they're both big time power hitters as well. Um, yeah. yeah, you wouldn't ex you wouldn't expect that, you know. But on the other hand, as I look back in that loss, you got to give credit to Michael Walker. Uh, he's been phenomenal. Yes. He came into the game being pitcher of the month. Um, pitch good pitching beats good hitting. Uh, you know, we've seen good pitching but we haven't got enough good hitting to then complement that. So, um, and it's, it's been one of those years, hopefully uh, this series down in Anaheim will, you know, but nonetheless, I, I don't have a problem with a split down in San Diego. It's just the type of game that happened after the game before it's baseball, but you know, Let's get back into uh, let's 
wrap this up and let's uh, take a quick break and let's come back and talk about uh, some of the tough stuff and how much longer do we think we are going to see it. Hi, this is Tom Pachorka, the Seattle Mariners, inviting everybody to come on out to the Kingdom on August 23rd for Mariners Funny Nose Glasses Night. Uh, Be the first Tom. in your neighborhood Tom, to have... Tom, I'm sorry. August 23rd is not Funny Nose Glasses Night. It's Jacket Night, Tom. Jacket Night. Yes, every jacket. kid 14 and under gets an official Mariners vinyl jacket free, Tom. Jacket? No nose. No Funny Nose no Glasses. Nose. No, I'm sorry. Hmm. What am I going to do with 30,000 pairs of funny nose glasses? That's your problem, Tom. Uh, now, that, now that we're back, um, you know, we'll get into de deconstructing Jerry's or deconstructing DePoto. Uh, but, uh, you know, this Colton Wong thing, I, I've gotten to see a lot of this in person in the last couple of weeks. It's obviously, without piling on, it, this is some of the worst uh, performing at the plate. I know Jerry wants to say it's team wide and stuff like that, but it's, it's really bad for Colton Wong. I think we were looking at it yesterday, like in the last couple of weeks, he was going into yesterday's game hitting what? Oh, 83. I think he was like, whatever, three for whatever that <laughs> it was what, like he had three hits in since the middle of, of, of May. Um, he's not hitting the ball hard. Um, this is a guy who hit 12 home run, average 12 home runs a year, 260 hitter, you know, but it just looks like at this point in the season, like, I don't know how you turn this around this year from what I'm seeing. Yeah. I mean, I've mentioned it many times. I feel for the guy, uh, his confidence not is not there. He's not seeing the ball. Uh, he's getting up in his career. Yeah. It's awful. Um, I can't blame Jerry on this. Um, yeah, he went out and he expected to get a guy that has hit well, has hit for yeah. some power. Their, his defense was a little questionable because the year before he was having quite a bunch of trouble with some errors on the transfer. So I can't blame Jerry on that. And I can't – I mean, he expects him to come in. I can't blame Jerry for making the deal to switch, in his mind, get rid of a problem in Jesse Winker and add in yep. Toro for a guy like this who you think is coming back and is an upgrade to get rid of a problem. I can't blame him for that. You know, that's Colton's fault and I feel for him, but you know, you're right. He hasn't been good. He's struggled. Obviously he's lost his confidence, but there might be a scenario on the way that's going to change that. I mean, today the Mariners um, signed to a minor league deal. Didi Gorius. Um, he was playing in the Mexican league um, in 26 games, he's had 11 homers and 34 RBIs. I mean, it's a Mexican league. It's not the major leagues, minor leagues, independent leagues up in here. I don't, I don't know how good of a league it is, um, but I wouldn't expect it to be at the highest level. But, you know, um, if the Mariners decided to sign him um, down there, obviously they had some scouts down there and liked what they saw. So, uh, he'll be coming up to Tacoma here soon. And if he makes the major league team eventually, which I would assume this is a, a signing to help out that team, uh, he'll make, you know, little money, just 1.5 million. So there might be your answer to Colton Wong. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't move this goalpost any, any further. I don't blame Jerry either going like you got the wrong guy. Well, I, would I have liked to have kept Adam Frazier? Yeah, I think I was 
after we didn't make those big signings, I think I was pretty vocal of like, Hey, I wasn't that not impressed with him. You know, uh, he came up big for us in the, in the playoffs as well. He didn't really bother me. Did he move the meter? No, it was safe. And it does burn a little bit, but it's always like, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But you know, you Google Adam Frazier's name and and you're just like, Oh no. The first thing came up says Adam Frazier, uh, saves the game again or comes up big again for the Orioles and the Orioles are having a great season. Forget about it. That's like thinking about your, an old ex or something. Um, as far as yes, the, the trade with Winker and getting him out of here, you know, I watched a, a good breakdown by Mariner Mojo and, uh, I think it's titled like, was this Colton Wong a bad or bad trade or just whatever, like, all gone to shit and the uh he breaks down the case and it's still a no because you both of these guys are you know sadly expected to hit about 198 196 on the year and uh toro's had a couple of bats this year so it, it is a wash it is a wash it's just how much longer can we have a spot in the lineup that is just an automatic out like that where we we're out of the shift era, you know, and we've seen a lot of this in the past with the Mariners where there's just this part of the lineup that you're like, that's an automatic out or two. I mean, yesterday you're watching him and Ford at the end of the lineup. Uh, You throw a demo who hasn't played this year, but at one point you had, you know, zero 100 and 158 at the end of the lineup. It just doesn't make you feel confident when you're watching. No, I mean, after the sixth hole, and I, I, I mean, I'll mention it now, it was nice to see Jared back in the sixth hole, um, and, uh, you know, he was successful and looked like more comfortable, or, oh, he had a better game, so maybe he had it in the, in the three hole either, but after, you know, a guy like that, you don't, you really don't have anybody, I mean, it gets back to the off season. we'll get to, you know, they didn't really sign a DH, um, you have, you know, this Colton Long thing, um, you just, you don't have a full lineup right now and the way the guys are playing. So yeah, it's unfortunate, but um, yeah, I Caballero, he's been okay. I've, you know, are, are, are yeah. you sold on him yet? I mean, he makes some base running mistakes. Uh, he's no. cooled down. Um, is he the answer? I don't know. He's, he's a nice backup player. You know, I said, yeah, I, that's, I understand that's why. I mean, I said I understand what Jerry did as far as a trade. It makes sense. Um, would I have gone a different option and not gone with Colton Wong and, you know, did something differently? Um, yes. But for what he did and the outcome of what happened of making that trade, yeah, I don't blame Jerry for that. Yeah, would it, I think it'd be worse if you went out and you signed this guy and you signed him for three years, you know? And then... And then you're just paying them to go away. And then, you know, the powers that be that give them the money and go, look, this was really bad. This, this still at the end of the day here, we still have Suarez. And at the end of the day, we've made out pretty good with the Cincinnati Reds with him and, and uh, you know, Luis Castillo. Um, but, uh, yeah, we don't need to dedicate any more time to talking about Colt Wong. We know it's a tough time. We know it's tough for him it's uh, tough for aj uh i just i just i have a hard time seeing at this point uh anything 
just miraculously happening for Colton Wong. It was kind of like last year. I remember I heard when they were talking about uh, Winker and it was a little bit later in the season. And it's like, when is he going to turn us around? When's he going to turn us around? And then it turned into this. This is something that needs to be worked on in, in the off season for next year. And I think that's the case here with Colton Wong is, you know, as far as him personally, you know, if he still wants to play baseball after this season, uh, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely think that's where you're going to see the improvement. I don't, I just, I have a hard time seeing it this season. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging in fact wasabi is up to 80 percent less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from wasabi's ai enabled intelligent media storage wasabi air to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals data deletion and ransomware wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I talked to you earlier about this. Uh, someone posted a stat, you know, comparing after 60 games where we're at right now, the differences between last year and this year, because that's really what us fans and a lot of people have been talking about. Um, we've actually scored more runs this year and had more stolen bases, hit more doubles, had one less home run. Our base on ball percentage uh, per game has gone down um, from 9.6% to 8.7%. Our strikeouts have gone up from 22.3% a game to 259 Our average has dipped 10 points from 238 to 228 On-base percentage has gone down from 322 to 306 Slugging uh, down 386 to 377 and our WRC plus is 109 to 96 and really when I look at those numbers they're very similar and close to each other I mean in my opinion so um, it's it's just the I think I don't know maybe it's, it's the expectations too after a good year last yeah. year the Mariners management saying hey I think this is a World Series team that we've constructed um, before game one, they talked about that. And also, you know, knew what we needed to add on from last year, what our weaknesses were. Um, most, a lot of fans thought they didn't do that. And up till this point, it looks like they haven't. Um, so it's, it's, we are where we are and the fans are frustrated, but I mean, there is time left. Sure. A lot of people talk about the 2022 Braves. Uh, the 2022 Phillies. 
um, how they were under 500 for so long. Yeah, I understand that. They came back and won. But there were some big changes in those two teams. Last year, Philly, they fired their manager. Um, that's a big wake-up call. Um, they fired Joe Girardi, um, brought in, you know, Robbie Thompson. Uh, that shakes things up. Are we planning to do that? Um, the Braves, they they got all of their outfield hurt, had massive injuries at the deadline. They went out and replaced three outfielders. Got Rosario, got Jock Jones, got um, Jole Soler, that incredible uh, postseason. So are we expecting the Mariners to do something like that? I feel that that helped those teams get to where they are. Um, it's just something I noticed people talk about. I wanted to bring it up and kind of give the other side of the story and what I thought about it. And, I mean, does the Mariners need to make big changes this season? Um, I don't I don't know. I Of course they're not going to just replace the whole team, but can they make one or two small changes to kickstart this team? I don't know if that's possible and who that would be right now, but I'm interested to hear what you think about that, Myron. Well, one, I'll take it back to, okay, we're, we're looking identical to all the stats from last year, which was a playoff year, but the identical stats right now, as we know, uh, you know, at this amount of game, what we were about 10 games under 500. So we actually have a better record. Sure. Um, but we all know what happened True. last year. We don't know what's happening. Things seem to look like they were trending. I don't know. It still felt like it was a little bit trending up where this season we can't kickstart it. But the biggest thing is, yes, yes, we might be the same where we're at. But again, I've said this on the last episode, the league is better. The league is better than last year uh, so far. Um, Can all these teams go on, uh, have big collapses and rough spots? Yeah, they can. I'm uh, if you're just talking about the AL West, you would need to be 20 games over 500 at this point, and you'd need Texas and Houston to be at or below 500 from the rest of the for the rest of the season at this point for the West. So that's a little discouraging already. At you know what is this June uh, 9th? <laughs> that's coming out of going like, hey, the odds of Winning the West are really, really bleak to, um, to not. Uh, you're still in there on the wild card, but with the balanced schedule, as we've talked about now, um, that kind of affects things. You got the AL East, and we're, we're playing the AL East pretty much in the wild card again. Uh, they're not going to be beating on, up on each other as much as they were last year. We're also not going to get as many shots at uh, Texas anymore. I mean, we don't play them until the last week of the season. And what are we right now? One in five against them. Um, So that's the kind of stuff that is discouraging and scary. And, uh, you know, they've dug themselves uh, a pretty damn big uh, hole here in the last couple of weeks. Um, it is going to take one of those big winning streaks, but when the fans are, you know, the optimistic fans go, hold on a second, but we went on a big streak last year. And up to that point, there was nothing there to show you that they were capable of capable of doing that. True. The only thing was we also had a very healthy, uh, pitching staff, which we don't 
this year. So that's kind of one of those discouraging things. And one of those, both of the uh, pitching, uh, both of the pitchers that are hurt right now, one out for the season and uh, one out temporarily, not only were one of your big sign, your former Cy Young, these are both guys that were huge, huge leaders on the team. Um, as far as shaking things up, I agree. Sometimes you have to shake stuff up. You know, uh, the Mariners don't seem to do it that way. Uh, you know, you look at Scott Service and you go, 90 wins, 90 wins. He's been part back-to-back seasons. Uh, he's been through this whole development thing. And it's not his fault, and it isn't Jerry's fault, that these guys aren't going out there and performing as a whole. So I don't think that's the answer right there. But, you know, when you go and you watch these, for instance, these documentaries on whatever, the Pistons, uh, the Mets, um, any of these 30 for 30s, and you watch it, and they 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 get some fire in one of these seasons. And then there's, you know, frustrations when things don't work out the way they are. And then there's a big move where somebody gets brought onto the team that just kickstarts everything. Do I think the Mariners possibly need that? Absolutely. Do I think it's available this year? Probably not. Um, so I, unfortunately, I, as much as I want to trade and I want a big move, I just don't think there is too many out there to be made and to be made out of desperation. Um, if that kind of, answer some of the questions that you were thinking about and uh yeah yeah i'm just no, kind of i'm just kind of out of a like man i mean i would just hope the a lot of these guys get better and you also got to get better to even be a buyer <laughs> you know yeah absolutely i mean i'm with you and i'm not when i talked about the phillies changing man i'm just saying what they did and what helped them and just yeah i'm not i'm not advocating for scott to be fired or no. Terry or any of them. No, you know we've 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 already went at it on Twitter with some people, uh, Kobe, <clears throat> who comes on the show where he has this, you know, big thing with people that are always wanting people to get fired or, or Jerry and and Scott to get fired because you know he believes in the model of what they're doing and sure the model that the the DDT the uh, draft develop and trade has worked so far. We've hit a snag this year with everybody uh, underperforming across the board. Um, and, uh, you know, to today uh, at the time of this recording, we had the DePoto show and a lot of these things that we're talking about right now, we're asked and kind of answered. So, it, you know, it kind of seems redundant to talk about it, but uh, we'll just quickly get into this right after this. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, 
it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And, like, as we were mentioning prior, you know, we were, were talking about the the firings and uh, people wanting heads rolls and, and big changes. And on the DePoto show, uh, if you go and listen to it, that's kind of brought up in a way. And, and like Jerry, you know, has Scott's back of going, Hey, there's the, you know, that's not what we're going to do. We're not going to just change our manager. Uh, you know, somebody that's uh, put these back to back 90 plus, you know, 90, seasons back to back um you got guys on this team that you're not like there's this isn't the end of suarez this isn't tay oscar turning into nothing uh uh, julio's a bust like these aren't the things that they believe in or, or jerry's gonna say that but what jerry is saying is going he doesn't have a definitive definitive answer of why all these guys are underperforming and he doesn't think it's a bringing a hitting coach. And I think he said, you know, sprinkle dust or walk into the clubhouse and tip a, a table over and say, we got to win. Um, so that's uh, those questions were asked or he brought them up himself today on the DePoto show. And, but he also takes full responsibility of going like, Hey, this is the team I put out there and this is not what I expected. You know, you got to give credit to that. I also um, wonder how much is he constrained by payroll, you know? Right. Um, we don't know. We don't know. I mean, this is a quote I got today uh, from Brett Boone. He was in the fire. He's on a local radio show and softy. And uh, he was asked, and this was his quote, you really can't expect a different offense with the minimal changes that they made, meaning the Mariners. Guys that are here now need to step up. Um, I think he's dead nuts on. I mean, you you can't really expect that much difference. You know, there were only minimal changes made. I mean, yes, I don't know how many times I, I've ta- yeah, I don't know how yeah. many times I've talked about it. I always have thought Teo for Haniger, uh, Wong for um, Frazier. Uh, Frazier, and um, you know they added a couple guys that to play DH and their bench. You know, we always thought they needed another bat. They didn't really go out and get a, a, a in my opinion, uh, a great bat. Or they never raised the ceiling of their bench, you know. A couple Not things that I, I wanted uh, during the uh, offseason. So those are, I mean, I just, it's just, uh, he's right. The guys need to play better, so. That's kind of where we, we, we're, we're at. I mean, but here's another thing, Myron, on it too. I mean, even if you do play better, you've put yourself in a little hole. I mean, I'll give you something and, right and now. And he acknowledged that hole. He said, and we've put ourselves in a pretty deep hole. Absolutely. I which, mean, which, ma- which, which I don't want to hear, but it does make you feel better about when you're hearing what's coming out of him because a couple of weeks ago he was going we've seen more good than bad and i think that was one of the problems that we had an issue with it was like really i don't know you know you you say that after you got done playing the oakland a's and this seemed more of a like 
all right, yes, okay. And, you know, and I commend him for that. I mean, you can start getting really hot too and not make much movement in the standings as well. I'm looking here at a stat. Since May 9th, the Houston Astros are tied for the best record at this time, going 19-7 and in baseball, and they've gained no ground in the AL West. Sure, the uh, team they're chasing, the uh, Texas Rangers, have the best record, in our second best record in baseball right now. That happened last year as well. We went on that big 14-game winning streak. We didn't gain a game on the Astros. I think we gained um, one game, one game. But and then someone and it, could like debunk what I'm saying and say, "Well, we're, we're also chasing the wild card teams." And um yeah, we are, but they're playing pretty well too. Um yeah. everybody's playing the exact same schedule now as far as a balanced schedule around their whole teams, less games against their division, which can dictate good and bad for you. Um, I think it's a good thing for the American League East. They won't cannibalize each other as much. Um, it's, you know, it's maybe a bad thing for us because we don't play the Oakland A's as much. But then you would assume that, you know, all the rest of the teams are playing them. So it's kind of a wash yeah. there. So, I mean, it's you can look at things a whole bunch of different ways. But the matter of the fact is they got to start playing better baseball, not making mistakes, not giving teams extra outs and not running themselves out of innings. Yeah. And uh, I agree. Last year, look at that 14 game winning streak. Yeah. We gained a game at that point. And then when things were all said and done from that point that the Mariners got hot and which we know inside of our vacuum, instead of our, you know, rye bread and mustard and Mariners vacuum. We got hot. It was fun to talk about. It was fun to watch. But Houston matched us on the record the rest of the way. I think they might. They even had a better record. And guess what? That 14-game winning streak, you still were clinching a playoff spot in the last week. It was still a tight thing. But, yes, as you said, the AL East was cannibalizing each other. This season, you got two teams that in our division that are going to have, you know, they're on the pace to have upper 90s wins. Uh, you got Anaheim, and we mentioned this on the last episode. We got more teams now in the in the picture with us, and we're probably farther to the corner of the picture. And yeah, when that happens, it's kind of like one of those kind of feels like a situation where you're going, you're working out, you're eating different, you're doing all this and you only lose a pound or you only, you know, that's what, that's what it's going to feel like this year. Cause the Mariners. Disheartening. Can get hot. Yeah, it is. And you, the Mariners can get hot and we might win 90 games. We might win 92 games and we might get really close and we might miss it. And that's unfortunate. I hope it doesn't happen. Uh, yes. The Mariners need to just take game at a time, game at a time at bat at a time. That's the one thing that they talked about on the show today where Jerry was like, well, they were talking about controlling the zone where the theory of that is like, well, if the pitcher on the other team's controlling the zone, how do you control the zone at the plate? Vice versa. That was kind of discussed. And basically all that theory is, is the first person to two, one, if is the pitcher going to be one, two, are you going to be two, one, are you not going to swing at balls or are they going to get you to chase balls? So if you really want to sit there and watch what the Mariners can or can't do or what their problem is when you're sitting there watching the games is just really focus on that bat. 
Ab- like, you're look, absolutely right. Just watch. Uh, and and that's when you can tell if things are going to be turning around. It's like, yeah, I get it. We all watch every at bat. We watch baseball. We're baseball fans. But I mean, just actually go, hey, I'm not going to worry about anything else. I'm just going to watch this at bat and I'm going to watch the zone. And that's going to be the most interesting thing. That's what I'm going to be looking at when I'm down here in Anaheim. Yeah. I mean, watching the last, you know, the Texas series, sure, they hit the hell out of the ball. What I saw out of them is they were hitting the ball where it was pitched. Sure, they have a tremendous amount of power and hit the ball of the yard. But they were going the other way, through the hole, you know, which was really nice to see. Where the ball was pitched, you know, um, attacking when they are up in the count, stuff like that, you know, that will – get you in good habits and get you success it was nice to see teoscar hernandez it looks like he's coming around a little bit to me uh you know he hit a home run it was nice to see him not pulling off the ball he went away with the pitch those are the kind of things that you know are positive and signs that hopefully things will turn in the right directions for some of these yeah. guys and listen, I, we got to wrap up here. They're closing this Chick-fil-A that, that I'm at recording right now. And who knows how the Wi-Fi has turned out. Long story about why I got to record here. Uh, but uh, um, uh, yes, this is we're, we're, we're here in Anaheim. Let's hope like guys like Tay Oscar, because we've said this like a few times. We think he's got it going on. And, you know, he's a streaky guy. When he's hot, he's hot. When he's not, you know, it's lots of swing and, swing and misses there. Um, these series are huge. Every one of these series are huge. I think every game of the season is huge now for the Mariners. But especially these AOS, you don't get these big cracks at them anymore. And you don't have the east cannibalizing each other as you said i love that term you got to win these games they're important you know game one we got castillo and we got otani then we got i mean that's just that's a must-see game uh it's gonna be a tough game and then you know we got Wu and we got uh bryce miller both have a lot to prove uh Wu wants to prove that he belongs up here miller wants to uh, prove, I'm sure that hey, the person that you saw me before this, you know, start against New York and start against uh, Arlington is is not who I am. I'm that other guy. Uh, so I'm looking for two really good bounce back, just competitive bounce backs. Um, and uh, yeah, any quick thoughts here before they're 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 giving me the wrap it up sign here. Yeah, last thing is, is you're chasing Anaheim not only in the vision, but in the wild card standings. You have to start beating these teams that are ahead of you in both the wild card and the division. Charge. All right, wrap uh, it up. I don't want you getting arrested. Uh, no. I, <laughs> what, did, I, did I shoot my, uh, did I go too early? Yeah. No, it's fine. 